Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. the bar come on and pull up a seat and open up your bible what a wonderful feast the living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets the inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet this is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news in light of the scripture we are here to serve you we're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces this is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it and this is for the truth lovers biblically performing preaching christ to the nations yeah welcome to the of reformation yeah the bar biblical and reformed welcome everybody to the bar it's your boy Dwayne in the building that's right this is the bar where we are biblical and reformed right back in here another tuesday super super excited to have this guest uh and proud to say that he he's actually a, a native of the area that I'm in right now. Um, um, and I want to, I guess, quickly introduce you to some and I guess reintroduce the most uh, Dr. Lingen Dun- uh, Duncan. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to be here, Dwayne. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, sir. I, I'm excited. Uh, uh, you know, I, I've listened to a lot of your uh, sermons and, and, and just follow everything that you do with RTS. So that's why you guys are stumbled at the beginning. Y'all know I'm a little bit smoother than that. Just a little hyper excited right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So what I like to do, uh, uh, Dr. Duncan in the beginning, uh, and you can take as long as you want, just kind of give you see guys, before we got on the air, he, he kind of wanted to, you know, know who I was. So now, I'm going to give you the floor to kind of give a background <laughs> and a bio about yourself. But yours is going to be on air. You can go for it right now. <laughs> well, Dwayne, I grew up in Greenville, South Carolina. My mother was a music professor at Furman University, and my father was a small businessman. Mm-hmm. Mother had grown up Baptist in East Tennessee, and my father was a longtime Presbyterian. He actually grew up in Union County, South Carolina, not not too far yeah. from from Duncan. South Carolina and, right. and where you are, um, and but he had been a businessman in Greenville, and some mutual friends set them up on a date back in the the late fifties, and they <laughs> fell in love and got married, and so I was born and reared in 
Greenville, South Carolina. I have two younger brothers, and so I grew up in a in a home full of boys. And uh, I eventually went to Furman University and did undergraduate work, and then went to seminary, and then went to do postgraduate work in Scotland, and then came back to teach at Reformed Theological Seminary in Jackson. I grew up in a, a Christian home. Both of my parents trusted uh, in Christ. And uh, and I I learned the doctrines of grace um, from the time I was a, a little boy. My my mother not only taught me Bible verses that I memorized, but I also memorized the shorter catechism wow. uh, with my mom and and my dad. And grew up under very good faithful preaching. My boyhood pastor was a man named Gordon K. Reed who had ministered in the mountains of North uh, Carolina and of Tennessee with the Hill Folk. And the Hill Folk, they are, they're, they're their own kind of folk up oh, here. Yeah. And oh, yeah. uh, then he had ministered at a tiny church in Atlanta, Georgia, and then came to Greenville, uh, South Carolina, and was the pastor at Second Presbyterian Church in Greenville. And he was the most faithful gospel preacher that that congregation had heard in, in many years. And he had a profound effect on everybody in the congregation, including my dad. And wow. my dad really grew under his ministry. Dad, though dad had grown up Presbyterian and with a, with a wonderful Christian heritage, the teaching that dad had experienced in the Southern Presbyterian Church in the 1950s and 60s was not strong. It wasn't robust, expositional. I mean, you and I were talking off air about how you've listened to John MacArthur, you've listened to R.C. Sproul. Well, those are right. great expositors of the word. You know, there's nobody goes to their church and then comes away saying, man, I wish these folks would really dig into the word. I mean, <laughs> you know, when, you're, when you're there, you're hearing the word dug right. into. And right. dad didn't, you know, he didn't grow up with that kind of preaching but mr reed when he came man he dug into the bible he 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 um You'll know the name uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Yes, yes. I first heard Dr. Lloyd-Jones' name from Mr. Reed when I was a little boy. He was preaching through the Sermon on the Mount, and he kept quoting uh, wow. this man, Dr. Uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, uh, because Lloyd-Jones had preached a series on the Sermon on the Mount that had been a great, had a great impact on my childhood pastor. And then my pastor as a teenage boy uh, was uh, Paul Settle, and again, he was just an outstanding, faithful pastor and very faithful Bible expositor, took time with me, uh, mentored me, uh, saw gifts for ministry in me, and you know, he he still prays for me to this day. He's 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 now back in Greenville again and attending oh, okay. the Presbyterian Church and He's ministered all over the United States these these years, but he's back in Greenville now. But when I was 14 years old, the youth director at my church took me to a, a youth conference where the pastor was preaching on Ephesians 1, and it was there mm -hmm. that that I really came to understand the doctrines of grace. I, I really, I was sort of a closet Arminian, even though I had learned the, the sovereignty of God in salvation from the catechism, from the Bible, I'd heard it preached. I didn't. I hadn't experientially grasped it for myself, and I, mm. you know, I, I was trusting in the quality of my faith and the quality of my repentance as the ground of salvation, rather than understanding that faith is is an instrument. It's a way we receive the grace of God. It doesn't cause the grace of God. And right. this pastor was preaching on Ephesians one, and I, I, I realized 
personally for the I think for the first time in my life that before I had ever reached out in faith to God, he had reached out to grace in me and that my faith was a response to his taking the initiative towards me in salvation. And that that had such a profound effect on me, Dwayne, that I from that time on, I wanted to I wanted to go into the ministry. I wanted to help people from the Bible the way I had been helped by that pastor from the Bible. Mm -hmm. And um so I, I went to Furman University and did, a, did an undergraduate degree in liberal arts because I thought that would help me prepare for seminary. I went and did two seminary degrees and did a doctoral degree and then came back and started teaching at RTS and pastoring in Presbyterian churches. And I've been doing that since 1990. So this is my 27th year with Reformed Theological Seminary, and I've pastored churches during that time and done all sorts of wonderful things, but it's just wow. my privilege to get to teach the Word and to help prepare pastors and to uh, to preach the Word to congregation. Wow, that's awesome. That is so awesome. You know, the very first uh, Presbyterian church I went to, uh, you know, as I was, uh, I guess I could say being converted, <laughs> but mm. was uh, Second Prayers. I went to Second Prayers. How the very about first that? Church that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's uh Phillips. Uh I can't remember the pastor's name, but uh actually Rick Phillips uh, he, is he, the pastor there Rick, now. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I met Rick and um and we we actually talked a little bit at the church and and uh really really nice guy. So that's that's awesome how, you know, kind of Kind of, you know, our paths kind of cross, you know, it's the true. time difference is there, but it's a you know, small that's, that's world, really isn't it? <laughs> It really is. It really, really is. So uh, I want to start out. um, Let's talk about uh, RTS a little bit. Um, Just, uh, you know, I have a lot of guys that listen to my show that are either contemplating um, going to to Bible college or uh, or planning a church and or, you know, think people that know they need that training. Tell this, you know, you don't get this opportunity much. Let's talk about RTS. Like, why <laughs> is this? Uh, this is this. Why is this a good place to go? And 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 what you guys are offering? Well, that's thank you for that question. I do love to talk about RTS, and and I really believe in RTS. RTS has been so good to me, even though I've worked for RTS for twenty seven years. I almost feel like mm-hmm. I. I ought to be paying them uh, to be able wow. to work for them because I've learned so much, and I'm so indebted to uh, to the people of RTS who have poured into my life and and ministered to me in very significant ways. RTS was founded in 1966. Uh, we we opened the doors in the fall of 1966 to 14 students in Jackson, mm. Mississippi, and today. At any given time, we'll have about 16 or 1,700 students on nine mm. campuses in eight states and in two foreign countries. And uh, so RTS has grown from a tiny little school in 1966 to the largest Reformed evangelical seminary in the world today. Our biggest campuses are in Jackson, Orlando, and Charlotte, but we also have campuses in Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Georgia, Memphis, Tennessee, Houston, Texas, Dallas, Texas, and New York City. So we are we're we're spread wow. out all over the place and I get to go to those campuses all the time. In fact, I'll be I'll be leaving to go to New York for our first ever graduation in New York City 
this week. So it's a very exciting thing to be able to do. RTS really started, Dwayne, over the issue of the doctrine of Scripture. Um, Our Mm -hmm. founder was a – he was just a humble country evangelist, a man named Sam Patterson. And when he was a pastor, he read an article – in the Presbyterian Outlook, which was the denominational magazine for what was then known as the Southern Presbyterian Church, the um, the Presbyterian Church U.S. It was a denomination mm-hmm. of about a million members back then in the 19, early 1960s. And the article that he read was asking the question, does the church need an infallible Bible? And there mm-hmm. were four professors from the main denominational seminaries that wrote articles, and their answer to that question was, no, the church does not need an infallible Bible, and we do not have one. And this so upset Mr. Patterson that he wrote to the presidents of all those seminaries, and he said, surely this could not represent the views of your seminary, uh, because we hold to the Westminster Confession of Faith in the Presbyterian mm-hmm. Church, and these men are saying that we don't have an infallible Bible, and we don't need one. And uh, all of the presidents wrote back and, and basically said, well, thank you so much, Sam, but the, those articles are correct. We, we don't need an infallible <laughs> Bible, and we don't have one. Well, at that mm-hmm. point, uh, Sam just said, this this is crazy. We need a seminary uh, that teaches from the standpoint of the inspired, infallible, inerrant Word of God. And so he gathered with four other pastors, and they prayed in a in a room in the Peabody Hotel in Memphis that the Lord would raise up a seminary. And and Mr. Patterson was involved in pulling together the original board members of RTS over that issue. Really, that the, the uh, high view of Scripture, the inerrancy of Scripture, was the driving issue. They are also, of course, concerned about Reformed theology, and they wanted to produce pastors that were really committed to the Great Commission, that would preach evangelistically, that would uh, go to the mission field, and produce pastors that would evangelize, disciple, and go to the mission field. And so RTS was founded in 1966, really with the goal of saving the old Southern Presbyterian church from theological liberalism. But, Mm. you know, that that didn't happen. I mean, they really failed at that goal. But the Lord had a bigger plan in mind, because what was going on, we didn't understand it at that time. But right there in the 1960s, in the middle of all that cultural upheaval that was going on in the 1960s, you know, you got the the hippie movement on one side, you got the civil rights movement, you got the anti-Vietnam war protests. You know, it was a crazy time in the 1960s. But what What most people didn't realize is in the 1960s, a revival of Reformed theology was beginning to well up in various places in the United States that nobody would have had had any idea that that it would be, you know, growing up. And so over the last 50 years, Reformed theology or the doctrines of grace has has grown dramatically in in places that it, it was not even known in right. the 1950s and 60s. I mean, I, I grew up in Greenville, South Carolina, and as you know, there, there are more Baptists than people in Greenville, South Carolina. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and my Baptist friends, they thought Reformed theology or Calvinism was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, but today, so many Southern Baptists, can, they, they view themselves as 
reformed. Well, that that was not that was not the case when I was growing up. That right. that is something that's really changed in the last thirty or so years. And so RTS has been a part of that. We've been we've been we we produce pastors that go into Presbyterian churches, into non-denominational churches, into Baptist churches, into Anglican churches. In fact, at any given time, we have about fifty different denominations represented in wow. the RTS uh, student body. And you know, our view is we 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 want to help we want to help everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you want a seminary with a high view of Scripture, a high view of God, a high view of grace, uh, a high view of the gospel, a high view of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. a commitment to missions and to expository preaching, RTS is a great place to go. There, there are faithful seminaries out there. We're very thankful that there are a lot of faithful seminaries today. But uh, RTS is in, we're spread all the way from Dallas to New York City. We cover the southeastern United States pretty well. So if somebody were in the Greenville area, we're just, we're right up the road in <laughs> Charlotte. Uh, and that's a great campus there in Charlotte. We'd love to have you come up and, and visit that Charlotte campus. Uh, it's it's off of Carmel Road in Charlotte and near South Park. Um which is a nice part of Charlotte, and uh, that's a great faculty up there. And uh, RTS, another thing about RTS is we have a very, very uh, comprehensive curriculum. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the RTS MDiv program has 106 credit hours in it, and um, that's, a, that's more credit hours than most seminaries require in their master's curriculum. But but RTS has several advantages with that big curriculum. One is we cover the entire Bible in our in in our seminary MDiv curriculum, and a lot of seminaries don't even cover the whole Bible uh, right. with their with their biblical studies curriculum. We cover the whole range of theology and church history, and we also have a very comprehensive pastoral theological component to the MDiv, and so. It's a very uh, it's a very comprehensive training. The academic standards for it are high, but RTS also uh, leads the way in keeping the cost of theological education low. Hmm. Uh, there are there are many many seminaries that their their budgets are basically based on the students paying full tuition and having to take out loans in order to to pay their tuition and graduate. And RTS. We don't we don't even do Title IV government loans, and we have a very competitive tuition rate, and over 80% of our students are on some kind of scholarship. So my goal is to graduate wow. students with the best theological curriculum out there with no debt so that they can go into the churches and serve, not encumbered by debt that they've mm-hmm. incurred from, from studying to prepare for the ministry. Wow. That's so awesome. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Yeah, that's uh that's 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 great. Uh we got, you know, Charlotte is above us, Atlanta is below us. Yeah. Definitely. That's right. Uh uh yeah. I I uh one of my I have a co-host uh Chitario. Uh he he's definitely um looking into going going to school and and uh I know he'll be listening so Chitario is just Pay attention to this part right here. <laughs> Tell him to call yes, me up. I'll make him an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We'll, we'll make that happen. Um, 
Another thing I want to talk about, because uh, 30 minutes run by so fast, uh, uh, especially when you're having fun, as they say. Um, right. Before I take my little, my little break, um, one thing I want to talk about is uh, the increase in the, the African-American community and not only Reformed theology, but also in RTS. I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm really I'm, I'm good friends with uh, with Phil Holmes and, and you know, oh. I inboxed him, congratulated him about, what a, you know, his what new a position. dear brother. Yeah. 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 He's he's so awesome, man. He, he's a really cool guy. And uh, he's actually helping me up. I'm trying to start writing. So Phil is kind of like my my writing coach, man. He's oh, done it right. Like, so patient with me and and so awesome but you know phil and then uh uh i think it was uh dr ellis carl ellis that's right um, that's right yeah yeah added to the family so let, let's talk a little bit about that piece and and just how important you know all of that is not only well, what you what you see as far as the trend and then you know just the, the whole picture yeah, I mean, one of the great joys of my life has been to see the resurgence of Reformed theology in the in the African American community. You know, the original Christian theology of of African Americans has has been reformed, and mm-hmm. and that's something that has maybe not characterized wide stretches of the Black Church uh, over the last century or so. But when you when you look at the foundations of black theology in America, Reformed theology is right at the heart of it because, you know, folks couldn't have endured what they endured without a big view of the Bible and of God and of the Christian life and of the life to come. And uh, what is so gratifying today is to see the Lord raising up uh, folks that have that they've caught again that vision of a big God and the, the importance of truth and mm-hmm. uh, the gospel and um, and and there's a there, there's just I, I, I'm seeing numbers of students and qualities of students from the African American community like I've never seen before. We had just a year or so ago we had the largest incoming enrollment of African American students in the history of Reformed theological education in wow. Jackson. And and that's just so remarkable because Jackson was, you know, right at the center of mm-hmm. resistance to civil rights in the 1960s. When Medgar Evers was assassinated in Jackson, Bill Russell, the famous uh, center mm-hmm. for the Boston Celtics, was one of his pallbearers. And when Bill Russell left um, Boston to come to Jackson, Mississippi for Medgar Evers' funeral, he told his friends, I am going to the belly of the beast. Uh, because he he just saw Jackson and Mississippi as the as the center of resistance to civil rights for African Americans, and so isn't it you know isn't it funny how God says, well, let's see, where am I gonna call mm-hmm. you know the epicenter of you know of of campus ministry by and to African Americans, of pastoral ministry in a local Presbyterian church by and to African-Americans in various races, and where am I going to, you know, have all these students uh, being raised up for the ministry? Hmm, I think I'll pick Jackson, Mississippi. And it's just like God <laughs> to do something like yeah, that. We, yeah, yeah. we would never, ever yeah. design it like that. And, um, and you know, at RTS, we, do, we don't take credit for that. That's The Lord did that, and we're just doing mm-hmm. our best to foster what the Lord is doing. But it's, it's, it is remarkable, uh, and I— you can look all over the United States now and see very significant 
African-American voices speaking into the total life of the evangelical Bible-believing churches, doing theology at uh, high and influential level. And, and we just, it was I just got the, the, uh, the, the, the regular letter from our Mission to North America African-American Ministries leader, he's a man named White Plummer, and he lives mm-hmm. in Chattanooga. And he, in, in this letter, he says the demand for African-American ministers in the PCA uh, outstrips the supply by 10 to 1. Uh, that that oh, wow. everywhere are looking for African-American mem- uh, ministers because we realize we've done such a bad job um, in mm. in that area of reaching out. And, uh, and, and, you know, what a happy thing that there's this great desire to see the church grow and to be faithful. And, you know, we Reformed folks have so much to learn from the African-American right. church tradition. I mean, I... I, I've always been a lover of um, African American. Um, there, there are certain sayings that you hear in the African American church that are just—they are so rich and catchy. Like here, here's one: a friend of mine uh, in a sermon I, I heard. Uh, oh, it's probably been 15 years ago. He said, um, uh, "The Lord may not come when you want him, but He's always on time." Always on time. And, yes, sir. And, and that, that, that is such a profoundly, not only biblical, but Reformed right. idea about, you know, really about the, the God's timing and God's providence and <laughs> care and how he works. Wow. But, the, but the black church, it's just, it's just got that in its bloodstream in ways right. that all of us need that, you know? And so, wow. I, I, you know, with, with all of the hard things, and look, we have gone through incredibly hard things in the last mm-hmm. two, three, four years in our culture that have really stressed race relations, you know, all the way from Ferguson to Charlottesville, as hard as that Mm -hmm. stuff is, as real as that stuff is, I'm still encouraged at what the Lord is doing in our own time in that area. Right. Wow. Nice. Yeah, that's, that is, that is awesome. Um, And right here, I'm gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey everyone, have you checked out Deadman at www.deadmenstuff.com yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Dead Men exists to equip disciples and grow leaders. We do this through Christ-centered articles, devotions, videos, a podcast, and free resources like books. Dead Men presents the gospel in a straightforward and intentional way. Check us out today at www.deadmenstuff.com. All right, we're back, you guys, and I I can honestly say I'm sad that this is about to end. Uh, great conversation <laughs> with Dr. Duncan. Uh, I really enjoy talking to you, sir. Really thankful uh, for for your time and and coming on, and it's been a joy and a pleasure to have you uh, on the bar. Um, and uh, said a lot of great things, listeners. I would definitely have links to uh, RTS and and all of that in the show notes so that you can go and, 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 and if you're interested in going to school, check it out. And, and, um, and Shatario, make sure you call them and get that, that unresistible deal. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So what I like to do on this end, uh, there's probably a hundred more questions I could ask you, sir, but I, I'm to, to, for my listeners, I try to keep it 30 minutes. Uh, and so I'm, we're going to get ready to move out of here, but what okay. I like to do on this this side is I ask what I call my bar 
signature questions. And uh, these mm -hmm. questions are different. And I can probably guarantee you, you've never been asked this in an interview, but don't get nervous, okay? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right, sir. So the first bar signature question is, what kind of music do you listen to? I love just about every kind of music, but I I, mm -hmm. I, I particularly love R&B, and I'm a huge fan of Earth, Wind & Fire. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love Earth, Wind & Fire. That is <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's probably the best answer I've got yet, man. I, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a good answer. Good answer. All right. Bar signature question number two. Um, what kind of podcasts or sermons do you listen to? If any, a man as busy as you, I don't know if you have time for that, but uh, are there any sermons or podcasts that you listen to? I, I listen to as much as I possibly have a chance to. You know, I'm, I'm subscribed to listen to John Piper sermons, Sinclair Ferguson mm -hmm. sermons. So I like to listen to sermons a lot. But I mm -hmm. also mm -hmm. like to listen to popular podcasts. Some podcasts mm -hmm. I'll pick just because I disagree with them, but I want to know what they're saying. And then some podcasts <laughs> right. I listen to because I'm, I know I'm probably going to agree with them, and I want to learn from them what they're saying. You know, so I, I listen mm -hmm. to a wide range of stuff, especially when I'm traveling, especially when I'm in a car, uh, or, when right. I'm, or when I'm walking my dogs in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Anyone in particular? Oh, my. Um, I, I, will, um, I, will, I will try and listen to some of the national public radio podcast yes, uh, okay. in order mm -hmm. to keep up with major current issues and especially issues from a secular perspective. I'll listen to mm -hmm. Al Mohler's The Briefing because in oh, I love, I 10 love or 15 that. minutes, he will get to some of the hottest button issues of the day and sort of alert right. you to them. Um, and so I benefit from, from that greatly. I try and listen to the various TGC uh, podcast mm -hmm. uh, because it kind of keeps me abreast of what is what is current out there and alerts me to good mm -hmm. material. So those are that, those are just some of the examples okay. of things that I would listen to. All right. Well, um, the running joke here about the briefing is if Dr. Mullen did the weather, I wouldn't have to turn my TV on. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Yes, sir. I, I love the briefing. Uh, it, it is definitely one of my favorites. Um, I, and also, I'm going to ask that you add the bar to that list somewhere. You know, we could be absolutely this fine. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we, would, we would love to have you uh, check us out every week. Uh, so, sir, so, so, so thankful. Uh, so much fun. Really hate to see it in, but I'm going to give you the opportunity here to address my listeners. Uh, anything you want to say, whether it be, you know, inspirational, encouraging or promoting something, just keep in mind, this may not air until uh, the end of October, maybe November. So just okay. keep that in mind if there's any dates connected, but the floor is yours for that. Well, I, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity to be with you today. And I look forward to seeing you sometime soon and to enjoying fellowship. And I'm so thankful for your ministry and what you're doing through 
this podcast, and I, I trust that it will continue to bless those who are listening regularly. And I look forward to benefiting from your work as well and listening regularly. And I, w- I would just say to, to all of your listeners, um, in in this day and age, there's the, the world is not helping us to believe. In fact, we live in a culture that is that is very very toxic to faith. It's it's skeptical. It's cynical. And so in this context, it's really, really important to feed ourselves on the Word of God, especially in the context of the local church where we're listening to good, faithful Bible preaching, but also to feed um, on on good, rich theological literature. And uh, I, I, I love what C.S. Lewis says, you know, for every new book I read, I try and read two or three old books. So one mm. one way to keep from being caught up in the spirit of the age is going back and reading from the wisdom of the ages before us. So I, I would commend to all of your listeners uh, learning from the Puritans. The Puritans have a, have a lot to say to us. And I, mm-hmm. one of my favorite books ever is Thomas Brooks' Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices. And that's a that's a that's a book that is a you know, it, it is not a hard book to read and understand, but it'll minister to many people's souls. I love uh, to read Dr. J.I. Packer, who has written so much uh, on mm-hmm. the English Puritans, and I'd encourage your folks uh, to to go back and and read some of those things as well. And and then you know to go back and read some of the great works of early Christianity, uh, Augustine of uh, North Africa, mm-hmm. the the author of the Confessions. That book, the Confessions, is a book that I wish more Christians would read today. So one way to just keep feeding our our hearts and our minds with truth that will help us resist the sort of toxic effect on faith is is right. just to just to take in the Word of God as it's preached, and uh, and of course read our Bibles, but also reading these great books of the past. Wow, that's awesome! Yeah, I have to be more disciplined in my reading. Uh, right now, I work night shift, and it's a little rough. But uh, it is, you know, that we're, is we're rough. thankful. That is that is <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, that thank you for that 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 word of encouragement and 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 knowledge and and again, really appreciate you taking time. To my listeners, make sure you check us out every Tuesday right here at the bar. You can always catch us at thebarpodcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Add us, talk to us, send us comments. We love to hear from you. So I can know I'm not talking to myself and Mr. Duncan. We know the people are out there. <laughs> <That'd be laughs> thank great. you guys for listening. God bless. We out.
What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get a invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many, many more. Make sure you sign up. The link's in the show notes. Join the VIP inside the bar group and we'll see you there.